I am excited about today's message too, because it's the last one of this uncomfortable series. Let me tell you, this series has been uncomfortable for me as a preacher, because sometimes I'm confronting some of the things that the Holy Spirit leads us into that are just like really challenging, like really challenging. So we've talked about the Holy Spirit giving us boldness. That was nice. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit um, giving, us, giving us words and, and helping us face persecution. Um, and persecution, letting us know that persecution's coming when we represent what the Holy Spirit's doing is, is like, that's challenging. Um, and, and so there's lots of reasons that, that I've been challenged in this series personally. Um, but I, I pray that you too have been challenged in it. So this is our last one, and this is probably the most uncomfortable sermon out of all of them. Um, and the reason I say that is because our text I've never heard preached before. Literally, I've never heard this preached on a Sunday morning. So Acts chapter 13, 4 to 12 is our text. And, and the reason that this text is uncomfortable is because... In our culture, we would never do what this text does. We would never do what God does in this text. We just wouldn't do it. And, uh, and so we need to take a look at that and start to recognize, wow, that's who are we being molded by? So this is interesting. All right, our text starts, Acts 13, 4 to 12. The story, I just want to note the first word of the story, if you've been tracking with us for a while. It starts off with, so. It's biblical, guys. You can start with so. And, uh, and so, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, and, and I actually need to, need to stop here. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit's important. We're going to build this piece right here. You are part of Promise Church. And I know this because you're here. Welcome. You're part of us. And, uh, and so to be, to be present here is to be part of, and to be constantly present is to partner with us. And so we, there is no us without you. So we're partnering together. We are Promise Church. That's who we are. And Promise Church is this organization of people. The organization holds a responsibility to all of us, but it's built, it, it, it's there to build up our faith and encourage our faith and to develop our theology, which is what we're doing here right now. And so for that, we have these Sunday morning services, and we're going to have the Sunday morning Bible study starting at 9 o'clock next Sunday. Be here for it. It's worth the extra time because we're developing our theology. 25-minute sermons are not enough to have a healthy foundation of theology. So we're studying evil. Um, when was the last time you did a serious study on evil? Honestly, be there for it. Um, so if these services don't lead us anywhere, then we're all kind of wasting our time on a Sunday. So we're an organization that we come, we meet with each other, we build relationships, we build we experience community, but we experience all that on a mission. We're going somewhere. And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit is us. 
every healthy church gathers people together to teach theology, to build community, to experience unity, and every healthy church organizes and sends people out together on mission. That's what we do. That's what a healthy church does. There are lots of unhealthy churches. There are churches that will teach you things and then say, go figure out how to do it at home. That's what they'll do. They'll just be like, go figure it out in your own private life. But what we're doing is we're saying, come together, learn, and then together we're going to move forward, being sent out by the Holy Spirit. If you just do spiritual formation, learning theology, you're missing a point of the work of Christ. If you only do mission without being formed, you're missing a point of the work of Christ. You have to do both. The gathering, the scattering. Slack question before we really keep moving. Everyone has a preference. So I want to hear you on Slack. Bring your phones out. Let's, uh, let's do this. I want to hear you on Slack. Quick little poll. Which do you prefer? Spiritual forming, the gathering part? Or do you prefer the mission, the sending part, and being sent? Which is your preference? What do you, what do you like here? Um, if you only participate in one and not the other, you, you will be missing part of the point of the work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will change you, as we saw last week. That's what happened with Peter as he, was, as he saw the vision of the food coming. And he was like, oh, okay, I will be changed. My theology, I will be formed. So the Holy Spirit will form you. And the Holy Spirit will also send you on mission, which is what we're going to see today. And both are uncomfortable. Together, as an organization, we do have a mission. Our mission is clearly stated to foreshadow the fulfillment of God's promises. We say that a lot. In other words, we're saying, what does it look like when God makes all things right and lives with us? So we want to show you, the world around you what it looks like. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. I'm getting, I'm getting that point across, right? You are sent. So this is interesting. As I, as I briefly look at Slack, I see that people like gathering and formation, and, and some people really like mission. It's definitely happening. Um, someone just put them together and said, I like forming the missionaries. Brilliant. So, so this is what we need to do as an organization. We've contented ourselves for centuries on the gathering, and we have struggled in together doing mission. That's what the church in North America has, has come to. We have done really, really well in throwing resources in a gathering and struggled to organize in a Luke 10 way to go out together and do mission. So... Okay, okay, we need to do both. We get the point. Let's get into the story. Acts 13, 4 to 12. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed into Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues to the Jews, and they had John there to assist them. 
And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came to a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who had summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimaeus the magician, for that's the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intensely at Elimaeus and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for some time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. <laughs> All right. Now I know why nobody preaches on this. What are you going to do with that? Right? So here's a story. Here's a story. We have this story that's right in, in Acts 13, and, and I'm calling it when planting a seed isn't enough. We have this lovely tagline inside of Christ, Christianity today, and we call it planting a seed. What we mean by it is when you do something that somewhat a little bit, maybe if somebody can interpret what you mean, points to Jesus... You planted a seed, and maybe they'll come to Jesus. You planted a seed. You did a good deed. You planted a seed. You, you told somebody very briefly about Jesus and, and then walked away before the confrontation happened, and you planted a seed. Maybe God will do something with it. Because there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says that, that Paul planted and Apollos watered and Christ made it grow. So we're biblical here, guys. We planted a seed. Look at us. Good. When planting a seed isn't enough, this is what happens. We go out into the, the non-Christian world and we say, okay, I'm going to do something good and I'm going to plant a, a seed. But verse 8 gets uncomfortable. Because verse 8 says, but Elimaeus the magician, for that's the meaning of his name, opposed them. He had a mission, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Somebody rightly defined proconsul, a government official. Think of it as the premier of Cyprus. So, good job. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So, so, Elimaeus is opposing them, and he has a mission to seek to turn the proconsul from the faith. It happens all the time. It happens all the time the time there is a mission not of human invention that seeks to turn people away from the truth of Jesus Christ there is a mission at work against the gospel and we have been we have been sent on mission by the holy spirit so we have to Rely on the Holy Spirit for boldness to move forward and actually obey God. Elimaeus shows up, throws the obstacle and the objection, obstacle or objection, and we say, 
I planted a seed, guys. Seriously, I have been on many pastor councils where we've had conversations about planning meetings or, or debriefings about how something went, and this is the conversation that happened. And, and it, it, it sounds something like this. If I were to put Acts chapter 13 into one of these meetings, maybe you've never been on a pastoral board or talking about debriefing how a program went, this is literally how the book of Acts would write if we were to write it today. But Elimaeus, the magician, for that's the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul from the face. But the Christians in the room didn't say anything further, believing that they had planted a seed and spoken truth. They hoped that the Holy Spirit would convince the proconsul to believe, so when they went home, they praised God for the fact that they'd followed the Holy Spirit into a challenging situation. Regardless of the outcome, they felt good that they did their part. That's how we would rewrite scripture today. Scripture is uncomfortable. Something happens here. The uncomfortable reality of the Holy Spirit's action, full of the Holy Spirit, Paul entered into conflict. Do we have anybody in the room who is conflict adverse? Right? Full of the Holy Spirit, Paul enters into conflict. But Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at them and said, You son of the devil. Okay. Okay. You enemy of all righteousness, you full of deceit and villainy. Okay. That's not a seeker sensitive church. <laughs> Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Wait, what? And you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Not only am I going to call you the son of the devil, not only am I going to accuse you of making crooked the straight paths set by the Lord, y'all are going to be blind. Full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be blind. Oh, is that what being full of the Holy Spirit does? Steps into conflict? Okay, here we go. Question for you. Would God really confront people like that today in Canada, in North America, in Bradford? Would God really do that today? What do you think? Hit me up on Slack. A couple of comments that have happened before that. Um, it, isn't this about calling out false prophets and by doing so we keep the true gospel relevant and accessible? I, I believe that you're on to something. I believe that you're on to something. Somebody said the guy who threw seeds willy-nilly in one of Jesus' parables wasted a lot of time and a lot of seeds. I think that one side of the story might, might, is to make the ground receptive before you plant a seed. That's really important. Really good. God to give credit. You have to be very strong in your faith to be willing to put a, your own neck reliability on the line by making a claim that they will be blinded, as it would have been very awkward if he said you're going to be blind and then nothing happened. That would be really, really awkward. So will God confront people like this today? 
God is not afraid of conflict. God is not afraid of conflict. I say this to embolden us. Because as a culture, Canadians are afraid of conflict. You, your personality might be more wired towards conflict than other personalities, but if I were to put you into the room with, uh, according to a personality book I was reading on multinational stuff, they suggested that German people who grew up in Germany tend to be more comfortable with conflict than our most comfortable people with conflict. God is not afraid of conflict, but we as a culture are afraid of conflict. God didn't back down from opposition, but he addressed it for what it was. Someone asked me, are, are you saying that we should go out on mission and call blindness on people? Amen. If the Holy Spirit is doing it, and we're going to get into why this conflict happened. God didn't back down from the opposition, but addressed it for what it was. And there are times when we need to confront the lies that are polluting the story. There it is right there, guys. There are lies that are polluting the story of Jesus. There are lies that are polluting the gospel all throughout our culture. And Christianity has acclimated to the lies. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll do it that way. We'll do it your way. We'll follow the cues of culture because we don't want to cause a stir. We've acclimated ourselves to the lies that are of culture, and we've, we've not put our trust in Jesus. The man's name was Bar-Jesus. He was a false prophet, and his mission was to pollute the work of the real Jesus, who is the real prophet. As a church, we let our guard down, and we started letting people pollute the story. You don't worship God because, because God is, you know, good and faithful and, and has done everything to connect with us. I was reminded this morning, you worship God because God is a, is a nihilist who demands worship of lesser beings. That's a, a, com a confrontation. That's an accusation that corrupts the story. That's not true. There are lies in our culture that we must speak truth to. The Holy Spirit will lead us into conflict with the culture around us for the purpose of confronting the lies that pollute the story. We have been given godly authority to stand in the face of lies and speak truth to them. And this is what Paul did when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Truth was spoken. The truth that's spoken is when will you stop bending or, or making crooked the straight paths? Why are you making this less clear than it needs to be? Here is the truth. Speak the truth. Jesus Christ is Lord who has come to save us from our sin and make all things right. Here's the truth. 
He's going to make all things right in the world, and he's going to make all things right in you, and he's going to make all things right in me. That's what's happening. We speak the truth. So do you think that God would confront people like this today? I believe God would. The Holy Spirit through Paul did it. But where I am in speaking the Holy Spirit's word to others, but where, where am I in speaking the Holy, in the Holy Spirit's words to others? Definitely do not have that kind of confidence. To speak the word is easier, uh, to speak the word is easier than something specific directly from the Holy Spirit went on the spot. So to quote scripture is easier than to speak something that, that I feel like is being made on the spot. And I think there's actually something that is true about that and something that is, that is uh, faithful in that, where you're like, when, when confronted by Satan, Jesus answered with scripture. It is written. And so... When you need confidence, quote scripture. If you don't know scripture, read your Bible. Go back to sermon series, three sermon series ago. Read your Bible, right? So we start there, quoting scripture. Um, someone's child noticed this about various nationalities at Bible school in England. Specifically, Germans were much more comfortable with dealing with conflict than North Americans. Someone says that God does confront people today but many just choose to ignore him. And many Christians, I'm going to add to this, many Christians choose to be the voice. We shy away when the Holy Spirit actually is saying, confront this. God would say something, but we would get in the way because we're afraid. So the outcome was worth rejoicing over. The lie was confronted. You make crooked the, path, the straight paths of the Lord. The outcome was worth rejoicing over. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead the, him by the hand. How validating would that be? Like, on it, that would just be cool. But Okay, we'll put that part aside. But here's what's awesome. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Notice it doesn't say he was astonished at the guy going blind. It says that he was astonished at the teaching. It means that he saw something clearly. The, the paths were made straight. Truth was spoken. To get to the outcomes we genuinely want to celebrate, you have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it might look like you might end up going into conflict or persecution. That's what I get from reading the book of Acts. It's not going to be easy. But the outcome matters. Darkness overcame the deceiver, and light was shown to the proconsul. So how do you measure? Did I follow the Holy Spirit or did I not? Well, one way to do it is test the outcome. What happened? What was the outcome? So my final question for us today Actually, someone just made a good point. He said, I'm German. <laughs> he, he, he also has, I'm, I'm German level comfortable with conflict. Because if it's, but if it's not covered in prayer and fueled by the Spirit, it can be hurtful and not having the outcome of changed lives. Right? 
You measure the outcome. Thank you for adding that. It's beautiful. So we look at the outcome, but I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think God will lead Promise Church into uncomfortable scenarios? Kind of a yes, no. Throw it out on Slack. I want to hear you. Do you think God will lead Promise Church, us, into uncomfortable scenarios? Maybe God already has. I want to give us permission to confront lies. As a pastor, I am encouraged. I am encouraged because we're willing to make mistakes. We got to try. So here's what we do. I want to encourage us to plant seeds. You go out there, you show people Jesus loves them. You talk to them. You tell them a little bit about Jesus. No, maybe they didn't come to Jesus right away. That's fine. You plant seeds. Good job. But when opposition comes, confront the lie. When opposition comes, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. When you're praying, in the back of your mind, your lips don't even need to move. You do this. Holy Spirit, what's blocking this person from hearing the truth? What's the opposition? Show me the lie. Man, I was talking to somebody in the, in the church, in, in, in a church foyer years and years ago. And they were telling me about the woes in their life and how they were really, really fatigued and stuff like this. And, and I was like, God, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And God just went, this person's addicted to screens. They're not sleeping at night because they're watching their, their inappropriate stuff all night long. And I was like, <laughs> so I said, you need to stop watching the screens that you're watching at night. And he looked at me and he went, pardon me? I'm like, you can't do what God's called you to do in your life until you stop watching the screens that you're watching at night. And he went, how, what? And I was like, thank God. <laughs> I mean, how stupid would I have looked if the guy doesn't watch screens at night? But the voice of the Holy Spirit subtly, yet very clearly spoke. And I was like, oh, I think that's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put it out there. There's a way to couch it. I'm going to give you a little, little way to couch it. I don't know if this is God or not, but are you watching screens late at night? How did you know? I felt like God was telling me. So that when they go, no, you go, oh, okay. It's just pizza. <laughs> you test the outcomes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to get it wrong. It's okay. I mean, the worst that can happen is the guy doesn't go blind. <laughs> People say that they are very, very sure that God will lead Promise Church into uncomfortable times. Will we follow him? The text is challenging. We're sent by God 
We're sent by God to do the mission of God. And we find that we plant seeds and opposition comes. And God leads us into conflict. We will do our best to follow God through the conflict. Even when we fail, we're going to give ourselves grace. So church, we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do way more than we ever thought possible. God himself has planted himself inside of you to do exceedingly more than you could ever ask or imagine for the sake of his mission. Let's not shy away from it. Let me pray. God, it might get uncomfortable, But to be completely honest, as a lead pastor, I would prefer uncomfortable and doing something of eternal value than comfortable and wasting my life. And so Jesus, for all the people in this room that are willing to make that step, that says, I'm willing to be led by the Holy Spirit into the uncomfortable, even if it means persecution or, or stepping into conflict or changing some of what I always assumed about God. I'm willing to be led into the uncomfortable as long as I know I'm being led by you, Jesus. I will follow you everywhere. And Peter said, did he, did, we have given up everything to follow you. And Jesus said, you will be given back more in this kingdom and in, the, and in eternal life. And so we give up everything to follow you. Jesus, help us stay on track. Help us be humble to learn when we fail. Help us learn from each other. Help us be people that genuinely just want to see your mission accomplished as we gather together to be formed by you. In Jesus' name, amen.